welcome to the Hillington Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust podcast. And welcome to the latest edition of the Hillingdon Hospitals podcast. Um, I'm Jonathan Lay from the communications team and joining me today on the podcast is patient safety specialist Ed Cox to discuss the launch of the patient safety incident response framework uh, or as is more widely known PSAF. Um, so Ed thank you very much for joining us today and welcome to the show. Can you just start Hello. us off by introducing yourself uh, and just telling us more generally about the work that you do with us here at the Trust. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, my name is Ed Cox. I've been with the Trust for about nine years now, coming up to 10 in September. Uh, I'm a nurse by background, but for the last couple of years, I've been working as part of the patient safety team. Um, and as a team, we basically look at when incidents occur. So incidents being when harm has or could have come have happened to a patient uh, who's under our care in the trust, be it an inpatient or an outpatient. And when, when an incident does occur, we're never about blame. We're not looking at, uh, at the member of staff involved. What we're looking at is the situation, why it's happened, how did it happen, and looking at ways to learn from those incidents so that we can hopefully prevent them happening again in the future. Okay, and on to um, PSEF specifically then. Um, can you just tell us how that came about? Absolutely. So yes, as it, uh, it is a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? The Patient Safety Incident Response Framework. I mean, the NHS love a good acronym and they love a good wordy thing, but this is, uh, it's, an, it's a national thing. This is not Hillingdon deciding on a whim to do something. This is every single trust in England is doing PSERF, uh, the Patient Safety Incident Response Framework. And it's just changing the, the way that we look at incidents. So historically, since 2015, we've been under something called the SI Framework, the Serious Incident Framework. And when incidents do happen, we grade an incident based on the level of harm. So we have a near miss, no harm, low harm, moderate harm, severe harm or death. Um, and under the SI framework that we've been under until now, um, if an incident was moderate harm, severe harm or death, then it was considered for a further level of review, normally known as either a serious incident or an internal investigation, um, which are big big level investigations to, to look into why something happened and what learning can come out of it. But that was all based on the level of harm. Um, but what you would have then is you would have some moderate harm or severe harm incidents that obviously are tragic we're very upset that they happened um but the learning was actually the same every time so we were doing a big level of investigation takes weeks to months to do but we weren't getting any fresh learning from that we were just finding the same things as the the other five that we'd done recently um so the question sort of arises why are we doing these big investigations using all this manpower on something that isn't going to teach us a lot um, and similarly, there'd be low harm or no harm incidents that weren't investigated because they didn't meet the threshold of moderate harm, but actually had a lot to teach us. So one of the big things that PSERF is changing is a move away from that focus on the level of harm to a focus on the potential for learning. So now it is OK sometimes to have an incident which is moderate or severe harm that we don't actually do a deep thorough investigation on that doesn't mean we disregard it obviously we still have a, a good compassionate talk with the patient affected uh, and make sure the staff affected are okay as well um, but it is then enough to say we have actions in place around this I, I, an example that we sometimes talk about is a fall with a fractured neck of femur which is a, a horrible thing for someone to experience and can mean months sometimes of recovery uh, and surgical intervention but it may not be worth doing a deep thorough investigation on that every single time because we have false false plans in place we have a trust-wide action plan on falls um, but it might be that something that was a low harm or a near miss in fact near misses we can learn a lot from that we think that requires a bit more investigation that's what we're going to put our focus on now um, and for some of these higher harms we won't just disregard them completely but we might do a shorter investigation that takes a couple of weeks to do 
And the advantage of that is that the learning is then quite live. It happens around the same time as the incident. So if a patient does come to harm and we do a really thorough investigation, we're going to get some great learning from that because we've we've gone through it. But if it takes several months, by that point, the staff have rotated. I mean, often doctors have moved on, um, even if the nurses haven't. The patient's probably long gone. Staff may not actually remember the incident in question. And also it's taken several months to get any learning out there. Uh, whereas if we do a shorter, snappier investigation, yes, it might not be quite as detailed, but actually we can get the learning quite quickly after the incidents occurred to help prevent further incidents happening. And also it's still fresh in people's minds so they can relate it. They can remember the incident that led to this investigation in the first place. OK, and in terms of um, investigation. Interviews um, and sort of written testimonies. So uh, you froze in the middle of that question there, I do apologise, but I think you were saying about things like interviews and written testimonies in, in, in terms of investigations. So yes, um, um, yeah, what, what makes up an yeah. investigation? So um, I'm going to use the new terminology now, the terminology under PSERF. So with um, something called an after action review, which is going to be a common one that we do, it would be within about two weeks of the incident occurring and you would get several members of the team around a table. So hopefully these would be people that were involved in the patient's care, but you might have some subject matter experts, um, maybe a senior doctor, senior nurse, whoever. It, it probably depends on the incident, but you'd get them around a table and they would just be talking about the incident. You wouldn't be going to, to trawl through uh, the notes and try and find loads of answers. You wouldn't be um, you know, conducting interviews and things like you referred to. It's all supposed to be everyone together in that forum just to discuss what happened and how we're going to learn from this. And it should take about half an hour, maybe 45 minutes tops. But there are these uh, these deep level investigations that I referred to. Um, and with PSERF, they are known as PSIIs, Patient Safety Incident Investigations. But they're comparable to the SIs, the serious incidents that we did before. Um, now, for those, you would have, uh, you refer to them as testimonies. I mean, there's various ways to refer to them. We're very wary of talking about statements because statements has a sort of implication of blame and, and of justifying what you did. So we talk about accounts of events because it's your it's your version of what happened, but we're not attributing any, any blame to you. We're just saying we need to understand the incident from your perspective. Um, and you may conduct an interview as well, but the interview, again, can have that negative connotation of, well, why have you got me into a room? You know, we, we've seen those crime dramas with the interview room, haven't we? So um, we have to be very careful about the wording and the way it's approached to staff. But if if you, as a member of staff, listen to this podcast, are ever involved in one of these investigations and you are asked to come to an interview, please understand you are not to blame in any way. This is not trying to put to use you as a, a scapegoat or anything like that. It's simply that to fully investigate an incident, we have to understand all the facets, everything that went on, and we need to understand it from your perspective. There is never any attribution of blame. Okay, and that was kind of preempting my next question, actually. I mean, for, for staff who are perhaps um, apprehensive about reporting an incident or, or not sure if it's worth reporting, um, what would you say to them? Uh, absolutely. So please bear in mind that when we receive an incident, we should not know who is involved. If you, When you complete your data text, you may have noticed it says, please keep this anonymous. So there's a section where you can record the patient's details, um, but in the main description, which is what we see, you only see a patient, a nurse, a doctor, a physiotherapist, whoever it might be. It is all kept confidential. So we do not know who it is. But even if for some reason it slipped out and we found out, we would not care. Now, I've had a, a couple of people questioning in light of Lucy Letby and things that have happened recently. How does that work? We have to bear in mind that these cases are very much the exception, not the rule. That's how they end up in the news. 
most people who go into healthcare in any sort of role, be it a doctor, healthcare, um, nurse, therapist, whatever, we go into healthcare because we care, because we want to look after our patients. And mistakes don't happen because we're being malicious, they happen because we genuinely make an error. And that's got to be the focus. We, when we come into these things, we have to take that mindset. Um, if there were concerns about an individual, and you know, I'm, I'm taking Lucy Letby as an example now, and there was evidence of repeated concerns being raised by multiple staff, that can be taken through different routes. That actually isn't what our patient safety team look at. We have to look at the incident objectively and purely as a nurse, a doctor, whoever it is, did this. We keep it confidential. And we, this trust, along with every other trust, is part of something called a just culture. And the idea of a just culture is that anyone should be able to either report an incident or raise a concern without any fear of blame. Hopefully you've heard of the Freedom to Speak Up Guardian. This follows the same principles. So if you have a concern, you shouldn't be penalised in any way for raising that concern. Um, and when it comes to incidents, if you hide an incident because you're worried about blame, actually you're then taking away an opportunity for us to learn and to help someone in the future. Just remember, you're never going to get in trouble for reporting an incident. We're always going to want to support you. Um, but actually, it touched on an interesting point. If your colleague has been involved in an incident, it's very easy to get into that mindset of, oh, well, well, they made a mistake. I'm not sure I want to trust them. And actually, it's got to be the opposite. You've got to be thinking it's horrible when you make a mistake. Can we please support those members of staff and make sure they get the support they need? It's not just about the patient. The patient's absolutely important here. But as well as supporting the patient who's affected, let's support the staff affected. Um, but yes, absolutely, blame does not play any part of it. Sure. Okay. And uh, the um, the best way of reporting an incident then is are there are there a variety of ways, or is it is it one um, one way? Still, the best way to report an incident is through Datex. The same way. So, although we've talked about PSERF being a new way of investigating, the actual way of reporting hasn't changed. What I would make a plea to anyone listening to this podcast is please if something is no harm or near miss and you think oh do i need to report that oh, i'm too busy i'm not going to bother please still report it because if we don't know about it we can't do anything about it um it, near misses actually can teach us a huge amount we were so lucky this time it was a near miss but next time we might not be so lucky and if we don't know about the near miss we can't then put measures in place to prevent it becoming an incident in the future but yes same reporting as always if in doubt, report it. If you're not sure if your colleagues reported it, just report it anyway. We'd far rather see two instances, three instances of the same thing than not seeing an incident at all. Great. And just uh, just one more then. Um, I mean, what, what do you hope to achieve from PSEP in the long term? Is there kind of a, uh, you know, a goal in all this or, or there's a couple say? of things so we want we know that when you do a, a, a thorough investigation it's a lot of work it's a lot of manpower and i've been that ward manager receiving the request to do a serious incident and going oh my goodness why have i got all this work to do and thinking what's the point of this we already know what we're going to get we want to make sure that when staff do have to do that they are doing it because there's a reason and it'd be lovely wouldn't it to say you were involved in this investigation and because of you, because of the good work that you and your colleagues have done, we have now made this really good safety improvement. We want to get that mindset of we, we celebrate what we learn rather than criticising people for reporting incident. Let's celebrate the fact that they did report and we learned all this. And we want to make it simpler so that for the majority of incidents, doing something like an after action review, which is you know, this half hour, 45 minutes exercise is enough. So much less work, so much quicker to get the learning out. So let's let's push those forward and let's basically use every instant as an opportunity to learn. Okay, all right, lovely. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add, um, Ed, at all? I think we've covered most of it. 
just that the patient safety team are on hand at any time. If you want to contact us, we are thh.patientsafety at nhs.net. We're not scary. We don't bite. Please do come and ask us questions. You can come and say hi in our office as well. We're based over in the States with the comms team. Um, but yes, we would love to take any questions. And uh, yeah, we, if anyone wants to talk about PSURF, we would love to speak to you. Great. And just to clarify then, the, the launch has taken place. So we are, yes, it's a good question. We are currently in what's called a transition period. So we are now using PSURF terminology. We are using PSURF type investigations, but we are still under the old SI framework until April. And we, we're anticipating it'll be April. Um, so what this means is that you're going to see a bit of old language, a bit of new language, but th that's because PSURF is such a culture shift. This is such a mind change to what we've been doing before. You can't just, it's not like flicking a light switch. We can't change it overnight. Um, but as far as you're concerned, a typical person in hospital, yes, we are now live with PSURF, but the full final live date is anticipated to be around April 2024. Great. OK, perfect. Um, thank you very much indeed uh, for joining me on, on the podcast today, Ed. Um, really enjoyed it and I hope you enjoyed taking part. Um, we'll be back again soon with another podcast, um, so keep an eye out on uh, Buzzsprout for that. Thank you very much for listening um, and uh, until next time, goodbye. Thank you very much. So, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Please do join in the conversation about this episode. Tag us in social media and uh, send us any other comments and let us know your thoughts and we'll see you next time. <laughs>